Thank you. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I understand that this group has something to do with your college time. Is that is That's that right. am I am I correct? That's right. So if I say anything, it would embarrass you. I won't. All right, so now we've done that. So these, these guys are roommates, suite mates? That's right. We're all roommates in college, and we married friends. And, so. and they're all here right. on this. That, that was a setup by your dad <laughs> who knows what's going on. want to welcome all of you here. Um, this, is a, this topic uh, of intimacy, um, when we say intimacy, most guys say sex. But intimacy is a, a lot. There's a lot more to this than that. Kevin is the lead uh, teacher in this. Uh, I happen to fill in for vacation. Um, so uh, I'm, here, I'm here for this and been planning it for uh, months, but I was going in on a different direction. Um, my, my assignment originally was what happens when there is a a loss of intimacy or a lack of intimacy and so I'd been looking at all of that and trying to prepare my heart for that I, I will tell you at the beginning and Trey mentioned this that uh, you you this class bridge builders sojourners are under an attack that I've never quite seen as much before. In the last month, for some reason, uh, two guys have come to me, one broken because of his bad choices, another broken because he had an affair, Another dealing with, this is the third, dealing with anger issues, could not control it when he was talking to his bride. And the unraveling of a couple of marriages that no one even knows about. Friends, friends are not observant or we, we haven't picked up on it. So, um, looking for some obvious place to go. They come to look for wisdom and they come to Kathy and myself and we, we're just, uh, we've got people over here. Here's the wave. We put you right on the front row. Okay, that's, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. You'll come to the front row? Somebody's coming to the front row. So in some cases, uh, there were indications that the wife or the husband saw and knew. There were indicators. Um, there were warnings. And what happened was, um, sometimes we think that if we'll just ignore it, it'll go away. And the truth of the matter is, it doesn't. It won't. Kevin began a study, uh, and I think this is going to be for the remainder of the intimacy aspect, where he talks about understanding yourself 
and then he put this on the board. Y'all remember this from, from last week? Just a very impactive lesson where you talk about the core pains and wounds, core fear, core dream, core desires. I spent a lot of time here uh, with a man by the name of Dr. Terry Smith who told me my story after I told him my story. And um, his, his point was that we all have core wounds that we bring over into our marriage. And those wounds sometimes affect, they do affect the way we respond, with the way we react, the way we communicate. And so what I tell you now is, in knowing your spouse, one of the things that should be one of your greatest desires is understanding your spouse's core wound. And you don't get that just by asking the question. You get that by observing. And you get that by communication, verbal communication. And on the other side, there has to be someone, which is you, that has to be able to listen, not fix, but listen and comprehend how deep this is. So that's pretty heavy stuff. Um, but what I, what I would like you to do is to help me with this. Um, there are, it, how, how do you know you're happy in your marriage? I know, I know that some, when you first got married, you were giddy. Everything was so cool. You didn't know or you had forgotten that you had married a sinner. And so here we are. Three years later, five years later, seven years later, 12 years later, and we are in trouble because we're not paying attention to the signs. So let's look at the, let's look at the positive side that says, in my marriage, these are the positive signs that I am happy and fulfilled. What, what would you say to me? Now, this, is, this has got to be a discussion class, or I have uh, five or 10 minutes of class. Visitors can speak up. It's all appropriate. You, uh, you have regular conversation with each other. All right. About things that matter. What matters? So, uh, you know, Kevin talked about how these core four things kind of our deeper self that kind of makes up who we are. Yep. So if, if all your one-on-one time with your spouse is spent watching Netflix or... Oh, man. Instead yeah. of... I mean, obviously, you don't do this every night, but you probably should spend some time talking about your, your pains, your fears, your dreams, and desires. On a weekly basis. Things change. We change. Hopefully, do we, we're all changing. Are, are we on a path to change? I will tell you, from the time that we began, I am not the same man she married. Thank God. That was a little humor, but all right, here we go. So things have changed. So regular conversation. What else? Positive signs. Regularly put your spouse before you and they do the same. How on earth do you do that? Next, that was a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. 
So uh, a, a great comment. Um, uh, when, when you first began in your marriage, were you selfish? Just, I'm just asking a question here. Don't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. David says, oh yeah. The point is, we're all selfish because all we're doing is taking care of ourselves at the beginning and we're, we're, we've mated with someone we love, yet you find out you still want what you want. And you want to have it. And this is who you are. It's, it's not quite yet a blending, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. It's not, it's not there yet. Ladies, as a, just a, a brief aside, ladies, your waiting pays off for your men. That's not a put down for the guys. It's just saying that we seem to change slower, harder path. And so what we're saying is give it some time. To give it time, you have to commit to prayer. You have to commit to listen. You have to commit to commit. Does that make sense? Give him time to reach the goals that he's trying to reach. Sometimes he doesn't even know about them, especially on the spiritual side. The hardest road. What else? What's the third one? Oh, thank you. All right. We didn't used to do that. Because my prayers were my prayers, and her prayers were her prayers. And the truth of the matter is, our prayers are our prayers. When Kathy prays extensively, these prayers are deep and abiding, and they touch everything that we run into. It's, a, it's precious prayers. What we have found is when we pray is, is, a, is a difference. We don't pray before we go to sleep because one of us is asleep by the time the prayer ends. So you know which one. So when you're trying to pretend that you're, you're not caught and you, and you snark, it won't work. Okay, all right. So, so these are three. Let me tell you what someone once said. Signs that you're happily, this is the positive side, you can be yourself. <coughs> Differences often lead to laughter, ultimately. When you think of one another, the thoughts are positive. Sex is mutually, mutually satisfying. You like to spend time together. You hear and you're heard. And you feel a deep sense of gratitude about being married to that person. That person. I, I believe that God has that person for us. Negatives. What are some negatives? Negative signs. These are the warning signs. There's a reason why I'm carrying this. 
Warning signs, there's always a reason. It's really stupid, isn't it, to, to do this? You'll find out later out why. But there's some warning signs that you hear or see or you're a part of. Where, you, where is this from? Bike belt. It's a bike belt because you're telling people you're coming on the left and sometimes you don't want to say it, but you want to ring and they're supposed to get over, except if they have the, or it's a family gathering and they're not going to move. Oh, oh, there's other things, other reasons, but I just wanted to bring the bell in because we're going to talk about uh, observations from the green line here in just a second. Okay. Negative signs that things are not going as well. Just because you're not happy, that's not, I'm just not happy today. Doesn't cut it. What signs is that the marriage is beginning to waver. What, what are their signs? This doesn't mean it's yours. You've observed it in somebody else's family. No communication. Lack of communication. Isolation. What does that mean, isolation? It means you start doing things by yourself. You, you remove yourself from her or him. Avoidance. Yeah. Need three. Feel criticized rather than encouraged. Not bad. Not bad. Kathy and I started uh, our journey uh, together uh, before you were born, and uh, we've been we've been married since. 1970 I better say the day June 5th 1970 and we didn't have a clue how it was to be married I, I knew she was a special woman she was deeper than anybody I'd ever dated before I didn't know what that was going to mean to me but we met at, at Harding University and um, after she asked me to marry her then I felt that this was something that we could we could do We were uh, inexperienced in how to deal with um, conflict. Mine was to slam the door and move on down the road. Hers was to ask questions, uh, to find the real answer, but not wait until there's the appropriate time. It is right now, we're gonna get the answer. Uh, later on, she, she played all of that out as being a principal and teacher. But the other thing that ha happened with Kathy, just as an example, is um, she, she, didn't need, she didn't have, because of her upbringing, the ability to ask for what she wanted or needed. And I was clueless to what she wanted and needed. So. Uh, I will tell you in the, in the last decade and a half, she has now been able to say exactly what she needs. She's no longer the Southern girl who says, whatever you want, darling, that's cool. She now tells me what she wants and it's so much clearer. So we've had uh, 48 blissful years 
And I want to point this to you to show you how marriages work. A couple of days ago, uh, I had called a doctor about a blood test. When you get really old, you get blood tests. And so I uh, did a blood test, and then I had the information. I talked to the nurse, and I talked to the doctor, and I, I had the information. And so um, Kathy came in the room. I said, this is what the doctor said. That should have been plenty uh, for anybody's information, probably about three sentences, four sentences. And um, she said, I wonder how many times that happens to people. I wonder how many times that really happens. And I, in my wry sense of humor, said, well, the next time the doctor calls, I'll hand you the phone. What a jerk. So I had to apologize immediately because her statement was, why do you do that? Because apparently I do that. And so I said, well, I'm a jerk, I'm an, I'm an idiot, I apologize, that was the wrong, wrong thing to say, because what you're telling me is that you love me, and you care, and you want information, all right? Kathy could have been an inquisitor, an attorney who works for the prosecution, not for the defense, prosecution. She is. If there are 17 questions, she goes to 19. She knows the questions. This is from her principal day. So I'm just, you see how blissful our, our life is? How our marriage works so well together? And now you have me up here talking about intimacy. She knows if she's going to get information, she has to ask questions. I know if I'm going to be intimate with her in a way that means that we have a relationship, I have to answer. And then I have to apologize when I don't answer enough. All right, so those are just some things that I just wanted to let you know. You know why we're talking about this in class. We've just stated that. Some of these are your friends. Some of these you don't know. Part of the aspect we talk about isolation. Uh, when I come to church, one of my goals is to find people on the periphery. This is just a, just a personal goal. And so uh, if they're on the periphery, they're going to get a handshake, a pat on the back, a hug. That's my goal when I come. Um, because on the periphery is where the isolation begins of families. All right, so, so why aren't they in class? Why aren't they in your reach group? Why aren't they here? And so that they come, if, if I'm stepping on your toes, I apologize, but... If you come just for church services to hear Eric and Chris, you're missing it. You're missing the relationships, the community, the village, the people that will help you get through these things, whatever they may be. It's not just the sermon, all the sermons, especially in the last few, have been perfect. Good I've tried to use avarice twice in the last week. That was a, that's a story. Okay. On the peripheral is where you find the trouble. 
lack of attendance and participation. And you'd be surprised because sometimes these are our leaders. These are lead men and women in the community. Or it happens first child. Do you remember what it was like to have the first child? Or uh, for you guys, uh, having four at once? I don't know how that works. Three. I'm just kidding. So the, the, so the point is, it's tough with the first child. It's tough with the second child. It's tough with the third. I, I had, I had a, a moment where I believe that the word is called relational drift. And I believe what happens is it starts small and then expands. Here we go with isolation again. The, the warning signs that we have. Relational drift starts and you don't even know it. But it gets bigger and bigger and then, and then, it's, then it's time. Look for the warning signs. Relational drift in my in my opinion, is the most common source of what happens in divorce. When you cannot communicate and you don't know the core pain, wound, fears specifically, and you have not dreamed in the future dreams and desires, so you know how to take care of business in a loving and gentle way. There is a spiritual attack that's going on right now. How many of you have seen the National Geographic uh, where, the, uh, where there's lions and tigers and they attack? And you, you, you see that? Every once in a while I'll, I'll be trying to find a football game and I'll hit National Geographic and all of a sudden I see a lion coming through the bushes, sliding on in. I love it when the back is back and the tail is going. I'll just, I'll do that for you. <laughs> and they're getting closer. And then they attack. And they go for the throat. Have you, have you seen this in National Geographic? And then all of a sudden, all the buddies appear and they begin eating what's still alive. And some of the close-ups of the National Geographic show a lion's face that's all bloody and there's gore and the family's ripping first peter 5 8 be controlled and alert the, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour do not take that lightly there would be nothing greater than for him to destroy you and then how many circles out are destroyed. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Because it, we, it, weakens the, it weakens the community. It weakens your family. For, for us that are old guys, there's something called gray divorce. It's a new phenomenon. It's where we have waited until the kids are gone to college. And we divorce because we have nothing in common. 
It's a new phenomenon. Well, it's not. Uh, biking observations. Kathy and I bike. I know we don't look like bikers. We don't have that intense, slender look. We don't wear the material that says uh, fleet feet, stuff like that. <laughs> don't have the biking shorts, slick, slender. In my case, it would be gross. But this is the, <laughs> this is, this is, we, we bike. We've, we finished a, uh, an 18 mile bike ride, which is one of our, our, our little bit longer routes. We usually do about 15. And um, we do the Green Line at Shelby Farms. H how many of you are bikers or, or bike? Okay, this is good. Eric bikes. <laughs> but it's funny because he's off trail. So he's all muddy and bruised and beat up and challenging rivers and streams and mountains. Kathy and I like the Green Line. On the Green Line, let me tell you the stories. We get out and go in the morning if we can, and our job is to make people say good morning. It's a terrible thing. But one of our goals is as we're driving by, good morning. <laughs> and we're going by, good morning. And, and on, on, from them, they go, good morning <laughs> or yo depends on who it is we don't know we don't know we, we never know what we're going to get and we've made a promise to ourselves that if someone does not say good morning back or morning or mm-hmm or yeah or any of that that we're going to be okay with that our job is to bring sunshine to the green line <laughs> and 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 so it's 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 funny so we, we never know, it's, a, it's always an enjoyable thing. And so sometimes we run into families and we gotta go and we say, good morning, as we go by. And you'd be surprised how many people wanna say good morning, they just don't know someone's gonna say it to them. Except if you're a biker, a real biker. Full outfit, slender look, of you focused on riding the green line at 112 miles an hour. <laughs> if you're in their way, you get their scorn. You are shamed. So we've worked through that a couple of times. We've had a couple of accidents. This is what we call our recreational companionship. Anybody heard that from his needs, her needs, or dynamic marriage or anything? Uh, we look for recreational companionship concepts. So uh, we've tried tennis, and I, I got tired of Kathy beating me. We tried racquetball, but Kathy cries when you hit her with the ball. <laughs> so we moved on to biking. And now we have, we have different bikes. They look alike, but one's a girl's bike and one's a guy's bike. I don't know what the difference is. And you know what we found? We found some secrets about marriage as we biked. The first thing I found is my gentle, loving, and kind wife is competitive. She will get ahead and stay ahead as long as her legs can pump. So it's, a, it's an enjoyable thing. In marriage, is it, is it 
Do you have different competitive levels in your marriage? Do you find it? Do you, do you sense it? Surely you guys have sensed it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> well, here's one we'll work on, right? As a village, we'll work here, right? So, it, can, you want to respond to that in any way, communication-wise? You put Mom's Night Out under negative signs intentionally? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Could that be a negative sign? Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to move real quickly. Uh, off of that. What we've seen also is that the American family, do you, many of you are tied to your, your hip and the different kind of news come in and you hear all the things that are bad. Let me tell you on the green line in Chevy Farms, the American family is strong and good and it does nothing but encourage you. We, we walked by a daddy and a little girl and she had her whatever and they were walking she we passed them and she was talking 10 minutes later we came back and she was still talking she had her daddy and she was talking about the things in her life that were important and he was listening to every word we see family groups we see husband and wife we see fathers with their sons daughters we see families out biking don't listen to all the bad news. What, what do you know? Well, let me, let me put it different. What, what, do you, what do you do? We do biking. Not well, but we do biking. What do you do to bond in your marriage? The reason why is re relationship drift, re relational drift, takes place when you don't have something that you enjoy doing together. You both enjoy, even with small children. What, what is it that you do? This is the communication part. What do you do? Except for one game a year, we watch football together. Cool. And I can understand which game that is. We won't talk about Texas A&M at all. All right, so football is important. You look forward, especially you look forward to it. Yeah. And you've learned patience and, and to be quiet and humble. I'm the humble one. <laughs> <laughs> we get closer to that so we can hear that. Okay, all right, Michael, all right, good. What do you do? What do you do to have fun? Off trail biking, but what do you, what do you and Lindsay do? She doesn't like biking as much, but we've, we've done walks since we got married. Yeah. We used to walk around ACU together, and we continue that even with kids. We bought them this little, their grandparents bought them this Jeep they drive in, so now they're away from us. And we can actually talk, so that's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Do they both have Jeeps, or are they together no, in the Jeep? they the same one. Okay, all right. That'll have to change, because, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> all right, what else? What else do you do? So walking's good. We we also walk in days that we don't uh, bike. Surely you have things that you, are fun that you can share with us. This does not embarrass you. 
I can call names. Concerts. Concerts together. All right, this is fun. Especially you get to talk on the way to and from, maybe not at the concert itself. Okay. Does Michael take the lighter and do this? Oh, he's like at the very front, shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually usually apart from each other. Okay, yeah. I, I would stand away from that. All right, so... <laughs> What else? What else do you do together that bonds you, that you look forward to doing? If you're not going to tell me, I'll pass, because we've got some other things to cover. We You've, play, we like playing sing music. What's that? We play and sing music together. Excellent. That is great. There's a great communication, and after and before, you're talking about preparing for it, and then you're talking after it's over with, it's impact, Right. Is it Christian music or is it Led Zeppelin yeah, kind of stuff? He just like plays piano and guitar and I think. Okay, wonderful. That's cool. That's cool. Kathy can play the piano. She does not want me to sing, so we, we're good. What else? We cook together. You cook together. You cook the deer that he has killed. Well, not in like five years, but. Okay. Before we had kids, we did that. Yep. Now yep. it's more store-bought things. <laughs> I remember when they first got married, he was, around the time, he was teaching her how to shoot a bow and arrow. Was that not a bonding thing? Mm-hmm. Until she yeah, beat me. And then it has to change. <laughs> yeah. These are the things, knowing your spouse, what are you doing to know your spouse? I got a, uh, I got a text from Kathy this morning. I won't, I won't share it with you. But the text said, I've just read this. It's okay. I, we, we can do this. I just read this, and it's about taking down crosses from churches, so they won't they won't upset people. And her statement is, "What do you think?" And I had to think about my answer. Are you asking some questions that have to do with? encouraging spiritual development about spiritual things about how you love the Lord but how much you appreciate this community I'm just telling you there's so much here but if you don't ask the questions you'll never go deeper and they will fear the spouse will fear telling you the core pain, core wounds, or other things. In uh, marriage and biking, it's never too late to start. On the Green Line, we have little guys that are, must be 112, and they're riding in uh, little, little recliner things. You seen that? With a flag up so you can see them. And they are burning it. They're going by you real fast. They always say good morning. <laughs> Another thing I found about Kathy is we've always talked about risk taking in, in our in our marriage. Um, and this, we always have this discussion. As a matter of fact, we have it uh, multiple times because there are five or six roads that cross the green line where we are. And uh, my belief is have faith they will stop as these cars, cars come. They have stop signs. You see how stupid this is? 
They, but it's a great conversation. So on this side, there's a stop sign. This side is a stop sign. And when I see them, I make sure they see this square body. And, you know, and I'm waving <laughs> as I go by. Kathy believes in trust but verify, an old Ronald Reagan statement. So my job, I think, is to get in front of her so I can challenge the cars like I would win. And her job is to follow up behind, and she then does her wave, like Queen Elizabeth. And it's sort of, is there a risk taker in yours? Is it a, a source of conversation? If there is, it's a cool conversation to have because it's a blend of risk taker, not risk taker. And in the old his needs, her needs, there's they, those who spend money and don't spend money. So you gotta, you gotta know how that plays out because sometimes it plays the same way. Sometimes it does not. I will tell you that we talk about everything when we're writing. But we started back in the 70s uh, talking and going to, anybody heard of Burkina and Faulkner, ACUs, people? We did um, marriage retreats, speakers about marriage, parenting study. We studied the love languages, respect, the Enneagram. Kathy's a nine, I'm a two. By the way, we're perfectly matched. Terry Smith's coaching. We never quit because we don't have enough information. I will tell you that after 48 years, Kathy is still a mystery to me. And I think that's sort of cool because I got to keep asking and got to keep searching. There is a, there is a point on his knees, her knees. Y'all remember, you may not. Here are, the, here are the levels of trying to get to and exploring your mate. Just listen to the categories. Sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship, an attractive spouse, domestic support, admiration, affection, conversation, openness and honesty, financial commitment, family commitment. We, we have studied that for us and asked questions that were embarrassing to get to the core of what we were thinking. If you don't have a little list of things that you would do, I'd be glad to send this to you. Who inspires you for a better marriage? Next question at Highland. If you're a guest, you don't have to answer. Who inspires you? Because I think you've got to have a model. And it, it could be a grandparent or a parent. It could be that. But is there anybody else that you're looking at and saying, man, that's a marriage I'd like to look at. Anybody have any? I think Brishan and Jill have a really neat marriage. So unique. So unique. And you can see all you can see all of it played out. Differences right. between the two. That's what's Russ and Amy. Mm -hmm. Russ and Amy, great servants. Who else do you see? 
I think so. For, for me, uh, Jerry and Bonnie Nallen, been here forever. And they are so funny. You just got to spend some time. I pray that somewhere in all of this is that your parents fall in that. I, I pray that that is so. That what you've learned from them you can carry to your own marriage and then adjust it. I pray that is so. Know your spouse. Ask the hard questions. Find the core wound. Get rid of the fear. Trust them to listen and hear you. This is the way you get to know and reach a level of intimacy that makes marriage worthwhile. So I'm going to say a prayer and we'll be through. Heavenly Father, you are a great and wonderful God. You've loved us and you've blessed us so much. And you've given us uh, our mates that we can learn how marriage looks like the church. And you've told us how love works because of your sacrifice. And we ask, dear Father, that we love like you. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Help us to be closer, loving, gentle, kind to those that you've chosen for us to marry. Thank you, dear God, in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you all. Okay, yeah. Real quick, uh, thanks for being with us. I know the flats have like a host of people here who are in town visiting them. Thank you all.